Welcome to an inspirational message by Pastor Harold Weiss, Senior Pastor at Little Falls Christian Center. Lord, for the living word that lives and abides forever as we embark on this day in which we look to be receiving from you an endowment of the Holy Spirit that, he, that literally will shape our future. An apportionment, an allotment, a distribution of your Spirit. It'll shape the path of our life forward. So let us all be humble in your presence and humble ourselves in the sight of the Lord. And indeed, the Lord is here today already. We thank you for that. This moment at the end of time of the earth, earth the, the church age, we thank you, Lord, that we can yet rise again and find the connection from the beginning to the end of time as we know it. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. You may take your seats, everybody. And uh, we look, for, look forward to a, a, a powerful evening service. Oh, must I pull my sleeve? She's saying, my daughter here, saying, Dad, pull out your sleeve. The children, they do funny things, you know. Amen. Of course, you've also got children, you know. Not everybody's got children, but if you have children. How many of you know they do funny things? But we love them, and uh, they love us. Um, from the book of Isaiah, these words, I'm just going to read the verse. Don't worry about this. It is just a quotation. Now listen to what the prophet is saying here. And by the way, it is said that the prophet Joel, uh, Isaiah, borrowed some statements from Joel. Remember the former things of old, for I am God, and there is no other. I am God, and there is none like me. Declaring the end from the beginning. The end from the beginning. The beginning. And from ancient times, things that are not yet done saying, my counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. In this past week, Monday, I cannot tell you how many hours I spend in all the time monitoring just about anything that is of important in the time that you and I are living in. Now, I have got like 30 minutes, and it was on 
Monday night that I was awake at about just after about half past 12 till about maybe three. I was awake a long time. And I've spent a life in this word and much of it is committed to memory in, in, by the grace of God in my life. So scriptures in that night of Monday night past um, just poured in my mind in every direction. Every direction. And uh, it was like strings of scriptures connecting up and connecting up, connecting up. And then at about, well, close to three o'clock in the morning, I'd guess, not too sure, but about there, um, it came to me that you got 30 minutes on Sunday morning. Research and research stacked upon the next level and the next level. On the top of that, by the very grace of God, I believe that I'm alive today because of what the Lord has put into me. I believe he spared me with that purpose. And I give him glory to that and for that to him. To understand this is not just another opinion. It is the word of God. It is the power of the Holy Spirit involved here. To understand it, you must have prophetic anointing. This period that we've gone by, I've been able to, in the light of the Holy Spirit, prophetic revelation and understanding, in the light of the word and 27% of this book, in the light of the world surrounding us, to bring it all together into a composite whole, uh, I started developing what I call prophetic indicators. For I said to myself, Lord, there's just too much here. I need to do a series, not one session. But for today, to launch with something perhaps that was not preached before, I'm not sure. I can't never claim that, but I realized that God has given us very clear indicators and according to the biblical timeline of eternity to eternity, um, there is a biblical timeline that now sees the church age, the dispensation of the Holy Spirit, the dispensation of the church, and the dispensation of grace. That being said, I came to the book of Acts, chapter number two. Now we know that on the day of Pentecost, Peter, the apostle, having been filled with the Holy Spirit, and you better believe that in the entire church age, since the Lord Jesus Christ ascended into heaven, Never was there such a day that a group of people were so filled with the Holy Spirit that it impacted so many so quickly 
and 3,000 souls were saved right there and then. And this man, Peter, whom the Lord Jesus Christ appointed as the head of the church, got up and he made a speech after they were speaking in tongues, Acts chapter 2, verse 1 and forward. And in verse 14, Peter gets up. And he says, But Peter standing up with the eleven, and there were more, 120 of them, and Mary, the mother of the Lord Jesus Christ, with the eleven, raised his voice and said to them, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you. The fire is burning on the soul and in the heart of this man like never in church history that God brought down fire like this. Let this be known to you and heed my words. For these people, these are not drunk as you suppose since it is only the third hour of the day which is nine o'clock in the morning. But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. Joel or Joel, as they would say. Now, I want you to notice the prophecy of Pentecost. And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out of my spirit on all flesh. Everybody say all flesh. Now notice, your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. And your old men shall dream dreams. And on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days, the last days. And he goes on. He does not stop. I will pour out my spirit in those days and they shall prophesy. I will show, verse 19, wonders in heaven above, signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor of smoke, the sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Quote, unquote, Peter of the prophet Joel. Now, what you will notice is that if you look at verse number 17, I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh, your sons, your daughters shall do what? Prophesy. Your young men shall see what? Visions. All flesh. 
Your old men shall dream dreams. Men servants, maid servants, verse 18, will also receive the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in those days, and they shall prophesy. It is true that in this is encapsulated a prophetic community. Not just a prophetic sum, not just a prophetic few, but a prophetic community. Read it. What does Peter say? And then he does not stop there. He goes on and he then begins to talk about wonders in heaven above, signs on the earth beneath, and blood and fire and vapor have spoke. The sun shall be turning to darkness, the moon into blood before the coming and awesome day of the Lord. Right. Turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Joel. Because here lies the revelation of the prophetic community of the New Testament church. And if you say it's not a prophetic community, read the scriptures I've just read you again. And you'll see just how prophetic the church has an endowment. Are you listening to me now? God has given you the ability, a prophetic ability to assist your life. You need not run for a personal prophetic word if you connect and remain connected with God as we ought to. The book of Joel is a stunning book. We see here that it divides into two sections. Now, you need to know I'm going to connect the entire church era into this, as the Holy Spirit helped me, by the visions of the Lord. It begins with the land is devastated. Let me give you a quick overview. The land is devastated, for here are secret keys hidden for centuries. The land is troubled. You can apply the book of Joel to the individual, to let's say a family, let's say the church, Let's say this city, let's say this nation and all of its provinces, let's say the world. The Bible is that applicable to each and every one that exists by the will of God created. In this book, you see a land is devastated. In Deuteronomy chapter number 28 from verse number 14 onwards, the Lord begins to speak of the curse of disobedience of the people of this world. He is very clear on these things that men ought to repent and return. And then he will revive us and then he will raise us. He will also raise us up. I sent you an SMS like that yesterday. Uh, this stricken land because of the sin of mankind that is rampant, idolatry, 
the things that ought not be. And men sin and make up their own philosophy to get out and give a reason why that sin is actually okay. But it's not okay. Because the word of the Lord is as crystal clear as you can get it. We see how that because of this disobedience and idolatry, the land is stricken. The world now is stricken. Devastated. Not yet quite there. It's moving toward when I deal with the prophetic indicators. It says, the earth quakes, the heavens tremble. Just words here from the prophet Joel. You can read the whole book. It talks about the invasion and war. The invasion of the land and a strong people rising up in the last days to invade the land of Israel. This is the last day's book. One thing that you find in this book is five times it mentions the day of the Lord. Five times. First, the trouble. Then, chapter number 115, the day of the Lord. Chapter number 2, verse 1, the day of the Lord. Chapter number 2, verse 11, the day of the Lord. Chapter number uh, 2, verse 31. Chapter number 2, verse 31, the day of the Lord. Chapter number 3, verse 14, the day of the Lord. There are five times that the day of the Lord, that concept is presented. Now, the, the concept of the day of the Lord, if you take each of the mentions in the greater Bible, and you look at this, it is the most fearful, terrifying period that will come upon the, on the planet of the earth. It will be, as one commentator states, it will be the determinant of just where you stand with God. If you are of the church, and if you are repentant, and if you are committed, and if you have the fear of the Lord, you depart with the church to be with the Lord ever in the air. He takes you to the judgment seat of Christ. Then on the return with the second advent comes down during the uh, Armageddon day. Depending on where you stand. Because hellfire is one thing. That is a massive study in itself. And one of the most fearful studies that one can make. And I have made more than once in my life, and it's just something you just I don't want to be part of that. But people do not realize if they don't return to the Lord now, they do not be deceived. If the righteous is scared, if the, the righteous is scarcely saved, the words of Jesus, the words of Jesus, they barely saved then why would one be deceived and think, I'm all okay. I'm just doing my thing. There is no repentance. There is not really God in my life. Everything is just nice, you know. How are you doing? 
and the homesitters of the final hours. The people sitting out there when you very well know you should be here. They will not partake in the corporate anointing that will be manifest in this building today. Except they repent and return. Now repentance become the major thing. And so therefore, blow the trumpet in Zion. Call out a sacred assembly. Let them weep before the altar of God. Let them repent of their sins. And the warning of section A is profound. People that sit in churches because of unrepentant hearts, I say to you today, will go through thinking salvation, but denying the truth, constructing their own doctrines, not listening to the word of life, the word of truth, the word of holiness, the spirit of holiness, not in the fear of the Lord, in ignorance, in lack of knowledge, they go through into the great tribulation. It begins with the day of the Lord. Seven years of literally hell on earth, which is right at the front door. If a man has not repented, he's in trouble. That's just like it is. There'll come a day when the church will be gone and people will say, they're all gone and I'm not saved. Then comes the terror. It's as serious as that. Now here in, in the book of Joel, the warning goes out and um, I think, look at one verse here, verse 16 of chapter number two that says, let the bridegroom go out from his chamber and the bride from their dressing room. Then chapter number two, verse one, blow the trumpet in Zion, sound the alarm. It is a cry for repentance before the departure of the church. Are you listening to me this morning? I'm highly focused on God at the moment and highly in tune. For the day of the Lord, verse two, verse one at the end. Sound the alarm in my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble for the day of the Lord is coming for it is at hand. Literally at arm's length now. He goes on. And then he begins to get to some very interesting statements here. Uh, <laughs> we look at Joel chapter number two. And then he makes a mysterious statement in chapter number two. And again, many do not get it. He makes a statement in verse 23. Be glad, therefore, you children of Zion. Those are of faith. You have come to Mount Zion and the city of the living God. How many of you are glad this morning? For the word of the Lord is to build you up. If you don't repent, it's trouble. I, I, I've got, I, can't, I can't stop that. That's God's work. And the Lord will do these things that he said he will fulfill. Be glad, therefore, you children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God, 
Notice in verse 23, before he begins to talk about, I'll pour out my spirit. For he's given you the former rain faithfully. He will cause the rain to come down for you. The former rain and the latter rain. Part of this rest here is italicized because it's not in the original manuscript, but he talks about the former and the latter rain, which we want to focus on. In the last days, I will pour out my spirit, the last days, of which there are former and there are latter rains. And then he goes on. Uh, and he says in verse 27, I am the Lord your God, and there is no other. My people shall never be put to shame. Now, we need to understand, here he says, and it shall come to pass afterward, verse 28, I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. The prophetic endowment, tonight there will be a corporate anointing on this place. It'll be a very bad place for demons tonight. But for those who seek not to go through the great tribulation, not to go to hell, those will all be in the presence of the Lord and present themselves. Not to me, but to the Lord. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your old men shall dream dreams, your young men shall see visions. And on my maid servants, on my maid, my maid men servants and maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days plural. Then I will show wonders in the heavens above, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and the awesome day of the Lord. May I just say this to you? Revelation 6.12 says, and I looked when he opened the sixth seal. And behold, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as a sackcloth of hair, and the moon became like blood. And the stars of heaven fell to the earth as a fig tree drops its late figs when it's shaken by a mighty wind. Then the sky receded as a scroll when it is rolled up. And every mountain and every island was moved out of its place up to there. We notice here again, the moon became like blood and the sun itself as a slack sackcloth of hair. This I have seen in the night in a vision of the Lord. Now, with this being said, the cry is very clear for repentance. God goes on in chapter number three and mentions in verse two, one of the things they've done, speaking of the nation of Israel, the dividing of the land, which is the land of God, he says, they've also divided my land. Israel is not just some land, it is the promised land and it is God's land and the division of the land has angered the Lord. For the day of the Lord is near, verse 14, in the valley of decision. The sun, chapter 3, 14, the sun 
and the moon will grow dark, and the stars will diminish their brightness. The Lord also will roar from Zion. He will utter his voice from Jerusalem. The heavens and the earth will shake. If you believe the Bible, the heavens and the earth will shake. If you know that you're not right with God, it all depends on where you stand with the Lord here. It all depends. All depends on where you stand with God. But I'm telling you now, if the church is not here anymore, walking on this planet alone is going to shake people up. You will not know where to run. You know, you will not, I saw that in a vision. People didn't even know. They were like rats crawling in under fallen buildings that were shaken down because of the terrible earthquakes. I saw the sky. It was neither day nor night. Zechariah 14. I saw it all, but I also saw the people pouring out and screaming, the Lord is coming down from heaven. And I saw this bright light coming down towards the earth. And the statement, you better know that you're saved. You don't want to go into the great tribulation. You don't want to go into the tribulation. Some people say, oh, well, you know, we're going to go in the middle of the great tribulation. I think they don't know their Bibles. They don't read the book. They don't read the book. It's not the theology of the New Testament or the theology of eschatology or the theology of the Old Testament. It's not the theology. It is the Word of God. I said to a, a minister one day, you telling me Professor so-and-so says, what does the Bible say to you? What do you preach? Do you preach the Bible? Do you preach the Bible? What does the Bible tell you? Very clear. Very clear. They don't know the prophetic sequence. They don't understand the Scriptures. They try it. But you have to have a prophetic endowment to bring it to Revelation. Here in the book of Joel, you've got the past. The land is in devastation. You've got the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, the beginning of the church age. You've got the day of the Lord five times, the dispensation of grace. Then multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision. The sun is turned to darkness. And the moon into blood. Let me for a moment go there to the blood moon. Now, okay, I might, just, might as well just say this to you. That the blood moon, when specifically going straight over Israel, over Jerusalem, east to west. I was in Jerusalem when that happened. And it was like three, two o'clock, I'm not sure, in the morning that we were on Mount Scopus overlooking, that's where the Hebrew University is overlooking the city of Jerusalem, taking pictures, I took pictures of the blood moon. But now we've just had a blood moon. This blood moon, in terms of Israel, when it passes straight over Israel in its trajectory, means trouble. But when it passes over the nations of the world, like on the 14th and the 15th of this past month, that we've just gone through, month of May, there was a blood moon. And people I spoke to, even Pastor Tian, saying it's quite ominous to see that. It passed overhead, and it was huge. It was in what you call perigee. 
the moon is, is less than 360,000 kilometers from the earth. Do you hear what I've just said to you? Now, we're not talking astronomical units. We're just talking kilometers here. The moon less than 360 kilometers, 1,000, 360,000 kilometers from the earth, and here passes this ominous blood moon over the people of the earth, and the earth saw it, and the people of the earth saw it, and they are blind, and they do not discern the signs of the time. They do not have the fear of the Lord. They driven through the lusts of men, the fornications, the adulterations, and God is very, very clear in the Bible. Outside are these. They shall never inherit the kingdom of God. They shall by no means enter into the city of gold. They shall not be part of the bride of Christ. Now man is very good at justifying himself and says it's okay when God says not okay. In fact, I don't have the, the final say in anything. God has the final say in everything. This word is what judges the nations of the earth. Not some country and their laws and this past this law and do this and do that and bloodshed, murder and wars. I have not even got close to the prophetic indicators. I might have to do that next week. I won't be able to do more than one at a time. Which tells you what happens, what to expect because there is nothing prophetic to be fulfilled before the catching away or the rapture of the church. Nothing. We can go today. We can go on this Pentecost. Pentecost of the final, of the final time at the end of days. We are sitting on a day in which we celebrate Pentecost. It began with Peter highly filled with Holy Spirit and then using words like the sun shall be turning to darkness and the moon into blood. In that same sentence, people are filled with Holy Spirit and already the five times prophecy of Joel on the day of the Lord, the sun will be turning to darkness, the moon into blood, and it will happen. Because you read it in the Bible, even in Revelation chapter number six. Now, if you look at this book and then you see in verse number nine of chapter number three, proclaim this, among the nations prepare for war. Wake up the mighty men. Let all the men of war draw near. Let them come up. And then it says at verse 10, let the weak say I am strong. And then again, verse 14, the day of the Lord is near. Multitudes in the valley of decision. And then you see here in verse 16, of chapter number three, the Lord will be a shelter for his people. Verse 17, you shall know that I am the Lord your God dwelling on my, in Zion, on my, on, in Zion, my holy mountain. Jerusalem shall be holy. Can you say amen? And then he goes on. He says, no alien shall ever pass through her again. And it shall come to pass in that day that the mountains shall drip with new wine, the hills flow with milk, and all the brooks of Judah shall be flooded with water. And a fountain shall flow from the house of the Lord and water the valley of the Acacias. Now, 
as I come to the end of my first session on this topic, I say to you, this is in the morning a solemn assembly. It is a serious wake-up call. Devastation in the land. People dying. I haven't even got to the detail of what's actually going on in this world. I've categorized that in prophetic indicators as I've devised a term for that. This happens and this all about it. That happens all about it. That happens all about it. But for us to know that the church age is connected. The church age is connected with I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. The prophetic community, the church is a prophetic Holy Spirit community. It should be worldwide. Can you say amen? And then suddenly, five times you have the day of the Lord and suddenly multitudes in the valley of decision. That brings us to a perspective of what this prophet is revealing to the church and the world and now swings into action all these prophetic words of the Word of God, prophetic revelation that has to be matched with Holy Spirit understanding, not intellectual assent, but the mind of Christ. When you see that, I close with this and say this to you. You don't come to the end of days and play games with Christianity, play games with religiosity. You don't come here with personal philosophies. I've seen people divorcing and then finding reasons for it blaming others, everything but themselves. I've seen people doing the most terrible things and God says, away with us, away. And then the B part of what was said on Pentecost day, the sun shall be turned into darkness. A five times warning of the day of the Lord that's coming. And I know today that none of us desire to go through the tribulation or the great tribulation. How many of you feel just like that? How many of you say, I don't want to go through it. Let me see your hands right now. How many of you say you want to go with Jesus and be caught away, the bridegroom coming out of his chambers and the bride arise in the final hour? Stand up, give the Lord a praise offering right now. Hallelujah. Amen. Now I've laid out for you from the launch pad of the church the connection between the day of the Lord, that's the whole church age, and then the day of the Lord. And the departure of the church immediately before that. I will now get into the prophetic indicators as we look at things like the world economy, as we look at things at like the amoral, immoral world that we're living in, if we look at wars and rumors of war, the picture is huge. It's overflowing. Those are what I call the prophetic indicators because they can't be on the timeline. They're just signs of the time. They're prophetic indicators because we're ready to go. Are you ready to go this morning? Raise your hands right now. Say this after me. I confess with my mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and his lordship over my life. And I believe in my heart 
that God the Father raised Jesus from the dead. Therefore, I am saved. Lord Jesus, my Lord and Savior, save me and forgive me all of my sins. I repent this day. I do not wish, neither desire, to go through the tribulation of the day of the Lord. I thank you for saving me and sparing me and filling me in this building today, today in my life. I'm desperate for you, Lord. I want you, Jesus. I want you, Holy Spirit. Fill me today. Empower me today. And forgive my sins. And I thank you, Lord. I have the ability, and I do so now, to forgive all my enemies also. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. Tonight, the endowment of the Holy Spirit. For more teachings like this and other material, please visit our website at www.littlefallsonline.com.